morning once again. I feel like I've been up here a lot, but that's, that's all right. This morning, I have the wonderful opportunity to introduce our guest speaker. Uh, he's a young man named Caleb Morin, and uh, let's, let's go ahead and bring Caleb up right now. Caleb has been here um, all weekend. He shared with our group last night, and um, if you were here a few months back, we invited a young man from our youth ministry, Hansen von Flu, up here on stage to share a little bit about an amazing new church that he was involved in at Cal State Bakersfield called Runners Campus Church. Caleb is the lead pastor of that church. Uh, he and uh, some young people are doing an amazing work there, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are just so thrilled to have Caleb here sharing the good news of Jesus. So I just want to pray for you, Caleb, and then I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you are so capable of sharing the good news with, with our church here. Our Father, we thank you for Caleb. We thank you for the words that you've given him. We pray that you would move in his heart and move in our hearts as we open up the word and celebrate everything that you are and everything that you've done. Uh, may the words that, Caleb's br that Caleb brings transform our hearts and point us to Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, so can I see, can you wave your hand at me if you are here from the youth conference and you were here last night? Yeah, let me see, let me some, get some big waves. Okay, all right. So everyone who's waving right now, same rules as last night, okay? I'm going to test you right now. This is going to be a quiz. So tell me, what do you guys tell to me if I get up here and I shout, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> All right, okay. We'll warm it up a little bit. Okay, I see it. That was good. Okay, so now let's see if you remember this one. What do you do if I shout during my message, can I get a witness in here? <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. And then let's see if anyone remembers this one. If I say anything and you're like, man, this is for me, I say something like, God is good, what do you do? <laughs> I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take a seat. A round of applause for our youth here today. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they're You guys remembered well. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, yeah, so I just want to just thank you guys so much for letting me come with you today and be a part of this church family and just revelate in scripture with you guys. I'm just very, very happy to be a part of the Westside Church of Christ family this morning. And really special thank you to Brian too, just for organizing all this, bringing us all together and bringing me in. And can I just really honor Brian right now? Can we have a round of applause for Brian? I think, I think we all see how hard he works just every day behind the scenes. He's just always grinding, and we're just really appreciative of that. Uh, so to open up this message, um, Brian did introduce me that I started a church at CSUB. I'm a student at CSUB. My major is engineering sciences with an emphasis in petroleum engineering. It's a mouthful, I know. Uh, <laughs> but when I transferred there, I just really felt... Uh, just God's call where I want to save CSUB. Just really, I felt God just crying out. I just want to reach out to this campus. And so me and some friends, we started a church there. And uh, I have a video uh, for, to play for you guys today um, just because you were praying for our church and being a part of that. And I just really want to share a testimony with you guys today of what that prayer did. You can go ahead and play the video.
so that is a video of this Friday night. That was just two days ago of five people just saying, I accept you, Jesus, that I, I accept your salvation. I die with you, and I'm resurrected with you. And five people made the decision just to chase God with everything in their lives, just to be totally transformed forever. And that was this Friday night. And if you're wondering exactly how legal it is to baptize someone in the fountain at Edwards Theater. Uh, it depends, you know, if I told you it was illegal, I don't want you to be mad at me, so let's just say, let's just say it's a gray area, okay? That's, that's what we'll call it. We were out there uh, on this Friday night. I was sharing the gospel at CSUB, and um, me and my church, we just really felt implored just to show people the love of God. And so we threw this giant event this, this Friday night uh, when Spring Fest was going on where we bought a ton of Buffalo Wild Wings. Can I get an amen for some Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Buffalo Wild Wings, that is like the cheese on the mousetrap that is the gospel, you know? You just bring them in, just smack, hit them with Jesus. All right. <laughs> You guys, you guys can use that technique anytime you want. But uh, yeah, we just, we just got a bunch of food, and then we were just hitting campus all week long. We were sharing people the, just, just the love of Jesus and just letting them know what Jesus did for them. And we were inviting them to this event, and we brought in a national organization that's very amazing called Circuit Riders on their Carry the Love Tour. And we shared the gospel with just so many students uh, that attended CSUB, and, that we, and then we gave a call to salvation, and we said, if you want to accept Jesus, come forward now. And we had people coming forward and then we just said just spontaneously you know what if you want to get baptized right now just come forward right now if you want to get baptized and then we had just a very brave young lady and uh if you saw in the video she was to the far left of that uh to the screen and she had her scrubs on from work still and she was there and she just came forward and she was in tears and she just said i want to get baptized today what's stopping me from getting baptized right now and then because of her boldness there were other people in the room that said i haven't been baptized either i want to do that today and so then we just all kind of looked at each other and we just said well where's the nearest body of water <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, well, the pool at CUCB, that's closed. Uh, we can't jump that fence. That's going to be a big liability. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to get anyone's ankles broken. Uh, we said, you know, maybe we can go over to the Kern River. I was like, I am not about to get into the Kern River at nighttime. That is way too dangerous. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the Merle Haggard song, but there's literally a Merle Haggard song that says, don't swim in the Kern River. So that, that, option, was <laughs> that option was definitely out. And then someone said, you know, we can, there's a fountain at the marketplace right here. And then we said, let's do it. We all ran out there. We had like a crowd gathering around us because there was like 30 of our group. And then people, they were like, what the heck are these crazy people doing? Because we were taking off our shoes and we were hiking up our jeans and we were like all around the fountain. And then a security guard starts walking forward towards us. <laughs> and then they were like, Caleb, there's like that, like those guards are walking towards us. What are we going to do? And then somebody was like, we just need to do it right now real quick before he gets here. Just everyone just jump in. I was like, no, no. <laughs> like that's for sure gonna get us like a lifetime ban from Edwards Theater. I was like, let's try to be at least a little bit honoring. And so he came forward, and I was like, excuse me, you know, it's like uh, I know this looks kind of weird, but there's a young lady. She just accepted Jesus for the first time, and it just created this movement where there's just a group of people who want to get baptized. We're just gonna be in and out in three seconds. That's it. And he said, you know what? Technically, you're not allowed to do it. But I'm just going to patrol the area, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and so that right there is a little something called the favor of God. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so uh, this is the last session of Spring Fest. This changes everything. And uh, just so, just to give a summary of what we've been over so far, this is the fourth session. The first session, we talked a little something about um, just like we went through the gospel in four steps. And the first session was just us recognizing that we're all sinners, that all have fallen short of the glory of God, that that is just a fact of all of us. Then the second session, we were able to talk about that even though we're all sinners, Jesus paid it all, and he gave us a way that we can have a relationship with God. And that's just something that is amazing and true. And then in the third session, which was last night, we got to share a little bit about our identity now in Jesus, that we're no longer a slave, but we're a child of God. And this morning, for the very last session, I'm very privileged to give this message, because we're going to be talking about the celebration that ensues when the lost become found. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I love that, guys. I'm going to be pressing that button all, all morning, all right? So just be ready for that. Uh, yeah, so just a little bit about my background and why I'm very excited to share this message. Some, something about just the lost becoming found. My entire life since I was just a kid, that has just ignited my heart that God is just calling out to the lost. Uh, when I was in high school, I was the president of a club at... You know, if, if, you were, if you were at the breakout session Saturday morning, you heard a little bit of this story. But I just want to share it with everyone. And so when I was in high school, it was my junior year. I was the president of the little Christian club that we had on our campus. And then we were just always meeting, and we had a good thing. We had a good community. But then we just all together were like, we need to do something more. Like, there's more that we can do. Because there are people on our campus right now who I know for a fact that they're hurting and they're wanting purpose and they're wanting a relationship with God. And so then we said, we have to do something. And so then we were very fortunate that an organization called National School Project, it's an amazing gospel organization, they came to us and they said, we want to be able to help you guys share the gospel. And so then for my junior year and my senior year combined, me and my group all together, just because we just heard that cry of, I want the lost to be found. That God is saying, I want to celebrate when somebody who doesn't know me comes to know me and returns home. We were able to share in those two years in high school, just amongst our peers, we were able to share the gospel with 900 people in two years. Just because there was a group of young people who were willing to answer the call. And so fast forward a little bit, um, I graduated and I, I started working for National School Project. It was me, my older sister, and my brother-in-law, and all of us together, we were just sharing the gospel, and that we were reaching out to all these different high schools in Kern County. There are 14 different high schools in Bakersfield, and then in the Kern County surrounding area, there is about 30 in the district. And we were reaching out to all of them, saying, is there any students anywhere who want to share the gospel? And then for two years, we were just doing the same. If you want to share the gospel we're here to equip you and we'll walk this with you we'll show you how you could go on your campus and you could witness and you can share this love and you could just pull in the lost and in just two years in two short years through them through a movement of purely high schoolers of the youth who just said i want to take this stand Eleven thousand four hundred high school students heard the gospel in kern county in those two years
just purely because there were youth, there were young ones who were just able to take the stand saying, I believe that this is truth. I believe that this word right here is truth. And I believe what Jesus did for me is real. And I just cannot help but to share it with my friends. And so then fast forward a little bit further. I worked for another a Christian nonprofit for a while. I was able to go across the United States and to Rwanda, Africa, and to Brazil, just sharing the gospel. And then I transferred to CSUB. And then for some reason, I just felt that same cry that I, just, I was just reminded of when I was in high school where God was just crying, I want you to reach this campus. And I just heard that same cry. And then I just felt God say, CSUB needs to be saved. And so me and my friends there who attend we decided to come together and to start a student organization there and just start a church on the campus for the students called Runners Campus Church. And we've been doing that for seven months. And then through that, we've been able to see seven people receive salvation on the CSUB campus. So I just, all that to say that this is something that is just heavy on my heart. And I'm just so excited to give this last session that there is a celebration when the lost become found. And this is just something, oh man, I just, I just, I can even feel it right now. Just God crying that just to save Bakersfield, save California, save America. He's just, his heart is just reaching out. And it's just so amazing that he chose us as his instruments to enact that will. You know, I always say, I think, like, I always tell God in, you know, my prayer time, God, this would have been so much easier if you could have just written in the clouds, guys, I'm real. Like, man, <laughs> like, that would have been just so much easier that I could imagine just the atheists and agnostics just walking along with their friends, look up in the clouds, and they're like, oh, wow, this is Jesus saying it's, uh, it's actually really legit. Maybe we should accept this. You know, <laughs> I, I really, sometimes I wish that was the way, but I just thank God that he chose us to be the ones to carry this good news. And that is a privilege that we can have, a privilege that we get to co-labor with God in this mission. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, we've been uh, throughout this entire session, we've been going over in-depth of the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And today, since today is the last session, I want to read through the entire shebang in just one go. We've been discussing different portions of it, but since today is the last session, I just want to give a good summary of everything that we've went over. So I'm going to go over the entire parable. So again, if you have your Bibles, please open it up to Luke chapter 15. Uh, I'm going to be reading verses 11 through 32. If you're already there, can I get an amen? Okay, all right, there we go. Man, we got some fast Bible thumbers here. You know, you just, you know where it's at. For me, when, it, when someone tells me to turn in the Bible, I always try to like be the best Christian as possible. I'm like, boom, Luke, bam, look, I'm already there. I know where it's at. You know? <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Just a little bit of that. But I always love a good competition. So yeah, Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. This is the story of the prodigal son in full. This is Jesus talking here. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to but when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For the son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat and calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Wow, amen. So I just want to share specifically today of that. I just love that story so much. That, that, that just highlights just how recklessly loving God is towards us. That he just does not care where we're coming from. He does not care what we did. But he only loves us for who we are. And just in that, how he just reached out to the prodigal son. And how he just reached out to the older son. And just told him, I love you. You are my child. I just love that story so much. Uh, but there's three things that I want to be able to highlight from that passage today. Um, and specifically in relation to the lost. So the first thing that I want to talk about from that passage is God's heart to celebrate when the lost are found. I just think it's so amazing, so significant, that when the, when the prodigal son came back home, that, that the father wasn't like, you know, okay, yeah, you can be a servant now. But, you know, his initial reaction was immediately to celebrate that that was the father's heart. That when the lost come home, he wants to throw a celebration. And there's some, even some elements in that that I want to highlight. The first is that when he saw the son in the distance, the father ran to him. That's how much excitement and how much joy and how much anticipation that the father has for those who are returning home. That when he sees them out in the distance, when he sees them just starting to make that decision, he just runs out to meet them. And then even more significant than that, he gave him a robe, a ring, and shoes. And not just a robe, but he said, I want you to bring out our best robe, and we'll put it on him. And I imagine that yeah, the prodigal son at that point, that he was just with pigs, and that he was starving, he was in fathom, and he just made this long journey from another country back to his father's house with no food. He probably stank. He probably still had, like, the slosh on him from when he was eating with the pigs. His, his feet were probably just so dirty from the journey over. But then the father just lavished upon him all of the best things that he had, the best robe. I want to put a ring on his hand. I, I know that you're smelly, but I just 
want to kiss you anyways. And so that's just something so significant because in that time, even though that doesn't seem like something that's amazing to us now, like a robe and some shoes, but what that meant at that time is that the father was showing everybody who's in the surrounding country and everybody who is in the village that he is wearing the sigma of my household because he is still my son. He is still my son. That I don't care what he did. This right here, I want all of you to know that this is still my son. And so then he just lavished all those gifts upon him as an in and act of celebration. And then he said, I want you to bring to me the fattened calf. Now, I know, especially for us today, a fattened calf seems very, very odd. Like, you know, I, I've never had a single time in my life a birthday party or any celebration where my parents said, Caleb, we are going to have this amazing thing for you today. We went in the backyard and we got our fattened calf for you today and butchered it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> No, that never happened. <laughs> but in the context of the time, uh, usually in these wealthy families, they would have a calf that was just very, very special, that they treated with great, great care. And they were very gentle with it. And they gave it the best food, and they gave it the best water, and they gave it the best care. And they were saving intentionally a fattened calf for a time of celebration. And usually it would happen in like these wedding feasts that would happen, or in these just other like elaborate ceremonies that happened but they were they so there for years and years and years we're just grooming this fattened calf for a celebration and then this son comes home who everyone in the town thinks should be shamed but the father's heart towards the lost returning home is I want to take this thing that we've been preparing for years and I want to give it to you my son because I am just so happy that you are home and that is the father's just heart towards the lost that's how much right now that the father right now, he sees people all around this city, the city of Bakersfield and in Kern County. And if you're not from Bakersfield, whatever city you're from, he sees people from those different cities that are about to return home. And his heart is just that he is anticipating. He is just holding back, waiting to run forward to them and just give them all these gifts because he just wants to celebrate that they're about to be found. Can I get an amen this morning? The second thing that I want to highlight from this story, and this is just something real quick that I want to talk about, there is a cost to the feast. I don't know how many of you here had just thrown a feast recently, but throwing a feast is not free. There is a cost to throw a feast. He just butchered his fat and calf, you know, and even this is after the son took his inheritance, so he was already poor at that point because some of his inheritance already was left and squandered with his youngest son, and then he goes and takes this fat and calf and he butchers it, and he throws this amazing feast anyways. So the feast was not free. The feast was costly. But it was free to the Son because Jesus paid it all. There's a cost to the feast, but the cost is paid in full. And so that's just something about the story that we don't even realize that the son came to this amazing party, but the son didn't have to pay for a single portion for it at all. And then when Jesus shares that parable, he's just sharing this metaphor that there's many of you that you are coming to me, and it seems like you are unworthy of celebration, that you just have all this sin on you, and you just have all of your past that is on you, and you feel like you aren't worthy for this, that I can't even pay for this celebration. But then Jesus says, you don't need to, because I'm the one who celebrates in you and you don't have to forgive your own sins because I have taken your debt and I have put it upon myself that I have taken all the records of sin that is indebted against you and I have canceled those records because I nailed it on the cross 
And so there is a cost to the feast. But I just thank God so much that Jesus already paid it all. And that for us and for the lost, that this feast is free. And for the last thing that I want to share about this story, um, it's, going to, it's going to give us a little bit of an outside perspective. So I want us to just kind of like take a step back and just try to evaluate why was Jesus sharing this parable? I want to take a little bit of outside perspective of it. And then in all your youth in here, you, you've just been reading this story all throughout this weekend. And so I just want to give a little bit of context to it. So what happened was that it, what the Bible says at the beginning of Luke chapter 15 was that it says that there were tax collectors and there were sinners and they were being drawn to Jesus. That Jesus was spending time with these known sinners and these tax collectors who were nefarious for all the evil deeds that they've done. But they were just being drawn towards the love of Jesus. And so when the Pharisees and the scribes, when they saw this, they got together and they grumbled and they started mocking Jesus. And they said, who is this man? Who does he think he is that he's going to start hanging out with all these different sinners, but he's going to call himself a religious leader? And so these Pharisees and these scribes, that they just started condemning Jesus for this. And they were publicly mocking him. And they were in a crowd and they were just calling him out. And then Jesus, in response to those Pharisees, he shared this story of there is lost out there. That there are sinners and there's these tax collectors. But God's heart toward the, towards them is that I want to be with you. And I want to create family with you. And so the last part that I want to share about uh, this message this morning is that in order to go to the lost, it requires a personal sacrifice. In order to truly go towards the lost, it requires a personal sacrifice on your part. And youth, I want you to hear me in here because the Bible says, do not despise me for my youth. And even said, and then even you know, scholars in the Bible, all the disciples who were with Jesus, they were around your age even. That they were young men. That it says that, you know, like scholars like theorize that they were between the ages of 17 and 25. And so they were in your age bracket too when they were experiencing this. And I just want to let you know, do not let anyone despise you for your youth. That's what Paul writes to Timothy, because you are fully capable to answer the call of God on your life. And so I just want to share this story right now, and just why, and Jesus was getting mocked because of his heart for the lost, and Jesus was just sharing with these sinners and tax collectors, and he was loving them, and he was just saying, I'm here for you guys, and he was getting mocked for it. And I want to let you know that if you truly, if you truly want to go to the lost, that it's going to require a personal sacrifice on your part that sometimes it's going to require you to get mocked I'm going to say I'm going to share something that's not very encouraging the Bible promises that if you're a Christian you're going to be persecuted <laughs> that's a promise from the Bible sometimes I have people come up to me and they say Caleb I want you to give me a word for God and I said okay I got a great one for you you're going to be persecuted <laughs> and they get kind of angry but that's the truth of the Bible that is the truth of the Bible that in order to partake with Jesus we have to join him in his death we have to become dead to ourselves so that we can partake in his resurrection and partake in his glory but the first step to do that is to die to yourself so there's a personal sacrifice that all of us I want all of us in this room to make ourselves to make the same sacrifice that Jesus did that if I'm going to go to the lost I know that God loves them so much I just feel that
that celebration that God has when the lost are found so much that I do not care what other people say that I'm going to go anyways. That I'm going to go to the lost no matter what. That is the sacrifice that is required in order to celebrate when the lost become found. And I just want to even just share a little bit throughout the scriptures that Jesus, when he went to the lost, he was mocked by the Pharisees and scribes. And not only him, but imagine the perspective of the disciples. Imagine the personal sacrifice the disciples had to make. When Jesus walked up to them while they were working and he said, I want you to drop your nets and follow me. Imagine what their co-workers were thinking. <laughs> Imagine what their father was thinking when they left their father in their boat because they said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you no matter what. And they dropped their nets and they took those steps in order to reach the lost and to become a fisher of men. Imagine the sacrifice that, that required. And I even want to share even from my own personal life that I just shared this amazing testimony of when I was in high school, when I was graduated from high school, when I just started this ministry at Runners, you know, for, of Runners Campus Church at CSUB. I just want to let you guys know that there was never a point during that time where it wasn't a sacrifice. That I was afraid every step of the way. That when I was in high school sharing the gospel, that I was afraid to do it. That when I was graduated from high school and I joined this ministry and I was trying to equip other people, I wasn't just fearless and oblivious. I was afraid to make that sacrifice. I was afraid to reach the lost. But I knew God just wanted to celebrate when the lost became found. And even, even seven months ago when I started Rudder's Campus Church, I was afraid to do it. And even this past Friday night where I threw this event, where I shared the gospel on the campus, even still this past Friday night, I was still afraid to share the gospel. But let me tell you something about biblical courage and what it means to be brave for the kingdom of God. Being brave, like how it says the disciples were brave and filled with the boldness, it does not mean that they were never afraid. Even Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass from my lips. It does not mean that they were never afraid and they didn't feel fear. But what it means is when they were bold, when they shared the gospel, when the, when the lust becoming found was just being celebrated and overjoyed to experience that, it means that they were afraid, but they chose to do the will of God no matter what. It's okay for you to be afraid this morning. Because I want to let you know that I was afraid. I had fear of embarrassment. I had fear of failure. I had fear that I was too inadequate in order to share the gospel. That I don't know if I was good enough to carry this good news. I was afraid of it. But I just knew deep down inside that, this, that the Bible implores me to do this. And even though that I'm afraid, I'm going to jump over that barrier. And I'm going to be bold because I'm going to push through that fear. And I'm going to share the gospel anyways. And let me tell you, when you do just push through that fear and you just step out and you tell the people around you that God loves you, that God loves you, that God loves you, the celebration that you feel in heaven, the celebration of the person who became found when they experience God's love, when they say, yes, I want to be baptized, and they have tears rolling down their eyes, let me tell you, that celebration, that feast that was costly but is free to them, it is just so amazing to be a part of, and it is worth it all. It is worth it all. It is worth all the fear. It is worth all the embarrassment. It is worth being mocked by the Pharisees and the scribe in order to go to the lost and partake into that celebration. Yeah, so I'm going to ask all the youth in here that are here from the conference, I want you to stand up right now. 
I need you to be brave this morning. I need you to be brave. I need you to stand up. So this Friday night, so I'm going to tell you youth in this building, this is going to be the most strange altar call that you have ever been in in your entire life, okay? <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> Can I get a witness in here? <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. So this is going to, I'm just going to preface this, the youth here in this building, that this commission I'm going to give you, it's going to be a little bit odd, okay? Because it was odd for me when I did it, but... This past Friday night, like I said, we had this amazing organization come in called Carry the Love uh, and, uh, you know, circuit riders, and they were doing their tour, Carry the Love. And one of the speakers of that evening, after we were done sharing the gospel, he says, you know what, I want to make one more call, and I want to call out all the Christians in this room. And he asked all the Christians in the room to stand up, just like how I did right now to you, youth. And this is what he did. He sat down on the floor. And he took off his shoes. He took off his shoes just like this, and he put it up high in the air. And he says, the Bible says in Isaiah 52, and the Bible says in Romans 10, blessed are the feet that carry the good news. And he asked, he asked us in that room, he says, if any of you today, if you want to just stop living your life halfway, and if you want to give your life fully to the gospel for the first time ever, and if you just want to tell God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, because I just hear you right now, God, calling out to the lost, and I see you running towards them, and just kissing them, and hugging them, and giving them your best robe, and a ring, and shoes on their feet, and you're throwing a big celebration for them. And he said, if you want to be a part of the, of the movement that is going towards that call, I want you to take off your shoes, I want, it to, I want you to put it in the air, and I want you to say that, God, I am willing to go wherever you want me to go. And so in a few moments, just because that Friday night, it was just so silly, and it was just so weird, and it was just so ridiculous, but all of us in that room of 100 CSUB students, we just threw our shoes up in the air. I want to be able to give you guys the same commission that was given to me this Friday night that led into the salvations and baptisms of five different people through Runners Campus Church. So in a few moments, congregation, get ready to plug your noses. <laughs> I'm going to count down from three, and if what I said this morning about no matter what answering the call of God, I'm going to ask you to take off your shoes as just a declaration and an act and put it up in the air loud and proud just to say, God, I will go wherever you call me to go. If this is, if this is what you want your life to be, if this is what you want your life to be, this is what I'm going to ask of you. So I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to count down from three, and I'm going to ask you to be very bold and do what I'm doing on the stage right here. Three, two, one, go. If you want to answer the call, throw your shoes up in the air. <laughs> All right, youth, I want you to repeat after me. Keep it up in the air. Keep it up in the air. I want you to look around you right now. Look around you, okay? You are not in this alone. You are not in this alone. I'm telling you, look at everyone around you. We are in this together. So just, I want you to repeat after me with just as loud as you can possibly muster, with just everything in your nephis, in your soul, in your mind, in your body, just all your strength. I want you to yell with me. Repeat after me. Jesus! I will go wherever you want me to go. I will say whatever you want me to say. 
Because I believe. Now, guys, say it even louder. Because I believe that my city can be saved. Give these youth a round of applause. Go ahead and put your shoes back on. Oh, boy, I am so sorry if it stinks in here, congregation. <laughs> Westside Church of Christ. <laughs> but I, be I believe it's worth it. Yeah, I believe it's worth it, absolutely. Yeah, so I just want to be able to uh, pray, just, just end closing, um, pray for you guys in here. And then we have a video to close up the conference. But yeah, just for everyone who just were so bold to raise your shoes with me, I just want to say a prayer over you guys. So yeah, let's just bow our heads and pray together. Yeah, so God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much that you gave us your word and you gave us truth that we could just revelate in scripture together and we just know what you're communicating to us. And God, thank you so much that your heart for the lost is to celebrate them, God. Mm, God, thank you that you could have just, you could have had all these reactions to the lost, God, that you could have condemned them, that you could have made them work their way to salvation, God, but you just wanted to celebrate them and give them a feast. And I thank you so much that us in this room, we choose to answer that call, God, of you just rescuing the lost, and we just say, God, choose us, and we lift our shoes up in the air, and we say, God, we will do whatever it takes. And so I just bless all the youth in this room, that they will carry this message well, and that they will carry this message with boldness, true boldness. Boldness that means I'm going to overcome fear in order to share the gospel. And I just pray just a release of joy, of celebration, and boldness, and just joy in the youth, in the, just all across California and in America, answering the call of God in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Yeah, so I, I have a video queued up that is just a very, very cool summary to everything you experienced this weekend. It just puts an amazing cap on it, and it just shows, like, everything that we did together. And so this is for you, uh, youth in here who experienced this conference this weekend. And congregation, you could see uh, just really the significance of all of this. So, yeah, go ahead and play the video. Receive this blessing. Remember, child of God, you who were once defined by your sin and shame, you who were striving and exhausted from always trying to measure up, you chosen, beloved, holy child of God, you are not who you once were, so don't keep covering yourselves in the clothes of what used to be. Throw off the sin and shame that is weighing you down. You have been given a new heart. The old has passed away, and behold, you have been made new. He hasn't just picked you up and dusted you off. You were dead, and now you are alive, and this changes everything. So clothe yourself in the ways of love, the very love of Christ, who has brought you from death to life. And may this love lead you to worship him more and more as we await the day that he makes all things new. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I just really appreciate just being a part of this conference with you guys uh, this weekend. It's truly such an amazing experience. And uh, right now, as we just transition into uh, the invitation song, and as uh, the shepherds come up during that song up in the front, uh, I just encourage all the youth in here that if this message that I preached to you just really implores your heart, where you just like think to yourself, I just really want to take the stand in my relationship with God, and I just know that in my relationship with God, something needs to change, then I I encourage you in this next song come up to the leaders in the front and just pray with them and talk to them and share them your process and then I know there's many of you students here who are out of town too during this next song I just encourage as well go up to your youth leader if you want prayer and then if anything I said to you made sense today and you just like feel in your heart and you just raise your shoes up in the air and you just feel something ignited in you tell that to your youth leader and just ask for prayer and then we'll just bless what God is doing and so yeah Westside Church of Christ I just thank you so much for praying for Runners Campus Church it really means a lot to me and thank you so much for having me this morning love you guys